Welcome to this edition of Back to Basics with Pastor Brian Broderson. We have to remember that we're not in the world to settle down and to live comfortable lives. That is not why we're here. We all want to do it. It's, it's good. We like that. But that's not why we're here. We get to do it sometimes and thank God for those seasons. But that's not why we are here. We are here with a mission. And the mission is to bring the gospel to as many people as we can. Today on Back to Basics, Pastor Brian continues his study through the books of the Old Testament prophets. Join us as Pastor Brian concludes his teaching on the book of Haggai. Now here's Pastor Brian. What's going on? And she says, um, my brother, he had a word for you, but he was afraid to tell you. And so he asked me if I would tell you. And I was with her brother like a year before or something. And, and apparently there was a moment where he felt like God was saying something and he, he just was embarrassed or whatever. So he didn't say it. So, so she says, so he asked me if I would relay this to you. I said, okay. And she said, have you ever read Haggai chapter two? And you remember what's going on there. And this was literally about the time that I had shared it. I think I even shared it on a Sunday morning. And I was like, yeah, as a matter of fact, I have read that. She said, well, my brother just wanted you to know that God had put that on, um, on his heart for you. And I saw him a few months ago. And I asked him about that. He said, yeah, I don't know why I didn't tell you, but yeah, I just felt like God wanted me to share that with you. And I said, well, that is a, a passage of scripture that God has encouraged me with over and over and over again through the most random kinds of circumstances imaginable. So so as we go on in verse six, now, of course, we're talking about things here that are, you know, this, this is the thing about God's word. There is the immediate and ultimate understanding of it. It's talking about something very specific at a specific point in time. But then there's also sometimes layers to it where you have fulfillments of it, but not not total fulfillments of it. You have like partial fulfillments of it. And a simple way to think about it is Isaiah's prophecy about the virgin birth. Isaiah says, the Lord speaks through Isaiah the virgin will conceive, bear a son, you shall call his name Emmanuel, God with us. And then, now we know that that's a prophecy about Jesus, right? Isaiah seven fourteen. Matthew tells us it's a prophecy about Jesus in his gospel. When he talks about the virgin birth, he says, and this took place in order to fulfill what the prophet Isaiah said, and then he quotes that passage. But then in Isaiah, you as you read on, it tells you about another young woman who's going to have a child and certain things going to happen before that child is born. So there's a near fulfillment of it and then there's an ultimate or a distant fulfillment of it. So this passage here has a near and a far fulfillment. And along with that, and this is where it becomes personal, 
Along with that, it can have a personal application. God speaks these things to us, his people. And he draws out of his written word things that happened, things that will happen, and he, at times, applies them to our own situations. And you can have times in your life where you're reading the Bible and you think, I'm reading my own story here. It's that amazing. God uses this word. We believe in a prophetic word. We believe that God speaks. But sometimes we, we tend to think, well, a prophetic word, somebody's going to come up and say, hey, the Lord told me to tell you this. Sometimes that happens. But you know, a prophetic word will more often come from the biblical text itself. It'll come from the scriptures where you will be listening to someone teach the Bible and suddenly the passage will be so clearly applicable to you, you feel like you're the only person sitting in the room. You feel like, man, God is talking to me right now. So verse six, this is what the Lord Almighty says. In a little while, I will once more shake the heavens and the earth, the sea and the dry land. I will shake all nations. So this is obviously pointing out to the future, not just the future from the time of Haggai, not not just the immediate future. And nations will be shaken. The Persian empire that is, now controlling Israel at the time will be overthrown by the Greek empire and the Romans will come along and, you know, all of these shakings will will happen. But this is clearly referring to the ultimate shaking. God's going to shake the heaven and the earth, the sea and the dry land. He's going to shake all the nations and then what is desired by all nations will come or and the desire of all nations will come. And then it says this. And I will fill this house, this seemingly insignificant temple that's nothing in comparison to Solomon's. I will fill this house with glory, says the Lord Almighty. The silver is mine, the gold is mine, declares the Lord Almighty. The glory of this present house will be greater than the glory of the former house, says the Lord Almighty. And in this place, I will grant peace, declares the Lord Almighty. So what is God doing? He's saying, it doesn't look like much, but don't be discouraged because I'm going to do something that will outdo anything I've done to date the glory of the latter house. Now, this is referring to the temple that Zerubbabel built, but it's also referring to the house that the Lord will build when he returns, the the temple of glory at the second coming of Jesus. And Zechariah is the one, when we get to Zechariah next time, we're gonna see Zechariah prophesies that the Messiah will build the temple. A lot of times people don't realize that. They don't even think of that. 
Remember Jesus said, destroy this temple in three days, I'll build it, I'll raise it again. Well, we know he's talking about his body, but he's also probably referring to the fact that he will actually build the Lord's temple when he returns. We'll see that when we get to Zechariah. But here, he's talking about this, the shaking of the nations and the desire of all the nations is, um, I think it's a reference to the coming again of the Lord. Now, if you have a, an NASB or if you have an ESV or if you have a CSB, uh, they're going to translate this and they're going to do it in a way that the desire of the nations is going to be the wealth of the nations are going to be brought in. And so the temple is going to be filled with glory. The silver, the gold is mine and so forth. And apparently from the Hebrews, a little bit difficult to understand. So there's, they've interpreted that. But the NIV here words it a little differently that New King James says that the desire of all nations will come. And ancient Hebrew and Christian interpreters always saw this as a reference to the Messiah. And I think that that's the context is, is clearly that. So what happens with the temple that is built? Who comes to it? Jesus comes to it. He comes to it as a child at the age of 12, but then he also comes to it and he cleanses it at the beginning of his ministry and at the end of his ministry. And Malachi is going to talk about that as well. The Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple. So, so the glory of this house is going to be greater than the former because God incarnate will come to it. Now, the old temple had the presence of the Lord through the glory of God, the, the, what they commonly call the Shekinah glory. But this will be more glorious. But then in the new temple in Jerusalem, the Lord will reign in the new temple in Jerusalem. Now, here's, here's the personal application for me and I believe for us, for God's people at this time, the church in history, what's happening right now. God is shaking the nations. He's shaking the nations. And... Of course, nations have always had trouble. There's always been conflict. There's always been difficulty. Some nations have experienced more than others. Some nations have just had an endless historical line of, of war and conflict and horrible kinds of things. That's true. But there also have been seasons of relative calmness and peace and certain places where that's been um, more the dominant experience but I think we can all agree that the world itself is being shaken in so many ways, socially, economically, um, naturally. We, we just see the, the shaking that's going on. But the shaking, the result of the shaking is people will come to the desire of nations. And, and I think that this is where we have to have 
um, we have to be encouraged that the shakings are God's way of turning the hearts of people toward himself. And we can't forget that. We, we have to remember that we're not in the world to settle down and to live comfortable lives. That is not why we're here. We all want to do it. It's, it's good. We, we like that. But that's not why we're here. We get to do it sometimes. And thank God for those seasons. But that's not why we are here. We are here with a mission. And the mission is to bring the gospel to as many people as we can. The mission is to see people turn to the Lord. And the shaking is the catalyst for people turning to the Lord. Almost everybody who comes to faith in Jesus comes through a crisis. Isn't it true? You come through a crisis. God sends you through a crisis. Because if we don't go through a crisis, normally we won't think about God. We won't look for God. We won't be concerned to even know if there's a God because we're just too wrapped up in ourselves and our own thing. So God sends shakings into the nations. He sends shakings into personal lives, but he does it for the purpose of of revealing the desire of the nations. The desire of the nations, again, a messianic reference, is that this is the deep desire of all nations is really God. But the nations don't know that. They're, they're pursuing the kingdom, but without the king. So they've got part of it right. We want the kingdom. We want to bring in a, uh, an age of peace and prosperity. I mean, that's always the story, right? Everybody's, every government's going to do that. That's the promise. They want that kingdom, but they reject the king. But God is revealing himself and he's drawing people to himself. And then he makes this promise of filling the, the house, the latter house with glory. And I just think that there is still a day ahead of us. And it might not be a day that's without conflict. I think it probably will be a tumultuous time. But I think there will be a day when the glory of the latter is greater than the glory of the former, when God does a great, great work in the world. And there are places where he's doing it today. There are places that God's at work. We've talked so much about Ukraine. We've given updates and reports and all of these things. And and we've seen through this great and horrific national crisis, a war, how God is using this to turn people to him that would not otherwise have even considered him. And so here's what I believe God's called us to do. He's called us to be strong and to work, keep working, believe the promises that he's made, remember that his spirit is among us, don't be afraid And as the world shakes, let's 
live with the expectation that God is bringing people to Christ. And we are going to be part of that in reaping the harvest. We're going to be part of that in discipling and uh, establishing and, and blessing those who come in. And that kind of a vision, that gets me excited and it takes away my discouragement. And in this place, I will grant peace, declares the Lord. Peace. When a person comes to Jesus, they have now peace with God and they have peace within and they have peace outside. And God gives peace as he pours out his spirit. And so on the 24th day of the ninth month, In the second year of Darius, the word of the Lord came to the prophet Haggai. This is what the Lord Almighty says. Ask the priest what the law says. If someone carries consecrated meat in the fold of their garment, and that fold touches some bread or stew, some wine, olive oil, or other food, does it become consecrated? The priest answered no. Then Haggai said, if a person defiled by contact with a dead body touches one of these things, does it become defiled? Yes, the priest replied, it becomes defiled. Then Haggai said, so it is with this people and with this nation in my sight, declares the Lord, whatever they do and whatever they offer, there is defiled. Now give careful thought to this from this day on. Consider how things were before one stone was laid on another in the Lord's temple. When anyone came to a heap of 20 measures, there were only 10. When anyone went to a wine vat to draw 50 measures, there were only 20. I struck all the work of your hands with blight, mildew, hail, yet you did not return to me, declares the Lord. From this day on, from this 24th day of the ninth month, Give careful thought to the day when the foundation of the Lord's temple was laid. Give careful thought. Is there yet any seed left in the barn until now? The vine and the fig tree, the pomegranate and the olive tree have not borne fruit. From this day on, I will bless you. So God's saying, this is what was in the past. But from this day forward, they've recommitted themselves to God They've put the work of God as uh, the foremost thing in their lives once again. And the Lord says, from this day forward, I'm going to bless you. The word of the Lord came to Haggai a second time on the 24th day of the month. Tell Zerubbabel, governor of Judah, that I am going to shake the heavens and the earth. I will overturn royal thrones and shatter the power of foreign kingdoms. I will overthrow chariots and their drivers, horses and their riders will fall each by the sword of his brother. On that day, declares the Lord Almighty, I will take you, my servant Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, declares the Lord, and I will make you like a signet ring, for I have chosen you, declares the Lord Almighty. So Zerubbabel... If you go to the two genealogies of Jesus in Matthew and in Luke, it's agreed, I think, mostly among scholars um, that Matthew is the legal genealogy of Jesus. It is actually the genealogy of Joseph. 
So it starts with Jesus and goes back through his foster father, Joseph, back to David. When you read Luke's genealogy, you find that it's so radically different. And it is believed, and I think it is accurate, that the genealogy that Luke records is the genealogy of Jesus, not through Joseph, but through Mary. And starts with Mary's husband, Mary's husband, Mary's father, whose name is Heli. So Joseph, the son of Heli, or the son-in-law of Heli. Now, we know they're two different genealogies because when you get back just before David, Joseph's genealogy runs through Solomon to David. Luke's genealogy runs through Nathan to David. So it's clear that they're different. But here's the fascinating thing. Zerubbabel is in both of them. He's in both of them. And Zerubbabel is, he is a type of the Messiah. And what he is doing in restoring the worship and rebuilding the temple and all of this is a foreshadowing of what the Lord will do. And so here at the end, he, the Lord you know, projects things out to the very end where he is going to topple royal thrones and shatter the power of the foreign kingdoms, but he's going to make Zerubbabel like his signet ring. So... Zerubbabel is a picture of Jesus. And he's the ancestor of Jesus. And some people actually believe that Zerubbabel will, in the the kingdom age, that he will be resurrected to rule in Jerusalem with Jesus. Maybe so. We don't know. But that's the prophet Haggai. And Zechariah, they prophesied side by side. Um, Zechariah's prophecy is much longer. But keep, keep this in mind, that these prophets, again, these are prophets who prophesied after the captivity. So the sad thing that you see here is that even after the 70 years of Babylonian captivity, you see that sin has, has already re-emerged in the life of the nation. And the prophets are having to rebuke the people for that. But these two last prophets, and Zechariah, the, Isaiah is known as the prophet of the Messiah. That's how Isaiah is known, prophet of the Messiah. And I would say in second place would be Zechariah. So much messianic prophecy in Zechariah. So We'll get into that, and there's a lot of fascinating stuff that we'll look at there. For the month of February, Back to Basics Radio is offering a book titled, The Imperfect Disciple, Grace for People Who Can't Get Their Act Together by Jared C. Wilson. 
Have you ever resolved to repent from a sin only to be crushed and condemned by defeat later down the road? Or have you ever been hurt to the point that the wounds never just seem to heal, even years later? Well, one of the problems that Jared C. Wilson will help you to recognize is that unhealed wounds are not sin, and sin is not a simple wound from which you need to be healed. Jared C. Wilson shows how discipleship can be messy. This isn't a typical Christian self-help book promising to help you become a better Christian. This is a book about discipleship that puts the gospel front and center to help you sustain ongoing growth in Jesus by the same grace that saved you. In his book, The Imperfect Disciple, Jared C. Wilson will help you experience the grace of God in a practical way that will impact how you live as a Christian. Today is the day to finally learn how to live in the grace of God. Learn today about God's transforming grace. The book, The Imperfect Disciple, Grace for People Who Can't Get Their Act Together by Jared C. Wilson is our gift to say thank you for your donation to Back to Basics. So we encourage you to call us right now at 1-800-733-6443 or visit us online at backtobasicsradio.com. We'd also like to remind you that all of our other resources are waiting for you at backtobasicsradio.com or by calling our request line at 1-800-733-6443. That's 1-800-733-6443. Our desire is to encourage you in your daily walk with God. We'll continue tomorrow with more valuable insights from Pastor Brian as we continue our series with the book of Zechariah. Back to Basics is the preaching and teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa, California.